0: What's up, it's Marvin of the Miles Ahead Podcast. Today's podcast will be based on the NBA. The topics that will be spoken about are the MVP race, are the Suns really contenders or pretenders? My thoughts on the play-in discussion, if the Nets don't get to the finals, how does everyone's legacy look on the team? And will they even get there? As well as, can the Knicks get to the finals in the next three to five years. Now, those are my topics. Let's get into it. But first, here's a commercial break. Now, let's get into the first segment pertaining to the MVP race. To me, the race is over, and it's been over for a while. It's Nikola Jokic's. And it's really not even close. Maybe if Embiid was healthy throughout the entire season, that probably would have been his only competition. But Jokic, he's been playing on a whole nother level. And I definitely would have edged it out to Jokic if Embiid was healthy. Jokic is averaging 26 points, 11 rebounds, 8.5 assists on 58% shooting from the field. 38% from three and 88% from the free throw line as a center. Who does that? That's out of this world. Great. He's doing something a center has never done in terms of averaging over eight assists a game, which is in the same likes of Russell Westbrook and Oscar Robertson. The difference is, is that he's winning games at a higher percentage He's leading the league in PER and a whole bunch of other offensive advanced stats. Jokic has got his team to the fourth seed in the West. And they're getting wins without Jamal Murray being out due to a season-ending injury. I still think that even without Murray, the Nuggets are still a contender in my book. And remember, I predicted that Jokic would win the MVP. So I guess I'm right again. (laughs) Now that that's settled and who's the MVP, here are my remaining four who were in the discussion for, for MVP contestants. At number two, I have Joel Embiid. He's had a monstrous season on offense and defense. He was averaging 29 points, 10 rebounds, and 3 assists on 51% shooting from the field, 37% from three, and 85% from the free throw line. And plus, he has the Sixers at the number one seed. His impact and leadership has really shown And he stopped goofing around and started taking things way more seriously in the regular season. And also, he's only getting better. And he's going to continue to get greater and greater. And he stopped taking so many threes. Now he's taking mid-range shots. And he's getting closer to the paint, trying to get free throws. And it's working. So now we just got to see how he's going to play in the playoffs. But next, we're going to move on to the next player who was in the MVP discussion. And number three, I have Stephen Curry, who has been balling out of his mind. He has been doing even better than he did in the 2016 unanimous MVP season. The only difference is there's no spacing on this team, and Klay Thompson is out for the entire season. Not to mention this team being plagued with injuries. And guess what? They're only playing eight players as of right now. The Warriors are 1-7 in seven without Steph on the floor. Which was on the verge of having the worst team in the league. Just like they did last year without him. But guess what? Steph has them on the verge of making the playoffs this year. He's averaging 31 points on 48% shooting from the field, 42% from the three-point line on 91% from the free-throw line. He's really balling. And for the month of April, he was averaging close to 40 points a game on extremely high percentages. This team is running on fumes, and it's running on the fumes of Stephen Curry. And guess what? It's still lit. (laughs) Still lit in a tough Western Conference. Where there are only four players on this team who have been on playoff teams. That being Stephen Curry, Draymond Green, Kent Bazemore, and Kevon Looney. That's it. Now we're going to move on to the number four player who was in the MVP discussion. At number four, I have Chris Paul, who has had a tremendous season leadership-wise, but not stats-wise. Had Chris Paul had been averaging around 20 points and 11 assists or 12 assists, he might be right there with Jokic. He might even be a little bit more favored to win it. But he's not, so therefore he doesn't deserve it, and nor should he be close to Jokic in that matter. But he is having a great season. He's having the same season as he normally does stat-wise. But his impact and leadership for this young team is working. He has Devin Booker playing his best basketball in the center as well. And they are really embracing Chris Paul. And Chris Paul, he seems to do very well with young players on his team, not necessarily veterans, but young players. And as of right now, he's doing so well that he has them at the number one seed in the Western Conference, and that should be respected. So salute to Chris Paul, and next we're going to move on to the number five player who was in the discussion for the MVP. Now for the last person, but certainly not the least, I have Julius Randle at number five. He's been balling all season long. He's only missed one game. And guess what? He has the Knicks at the number four seed. Yes, I said it. They're in the playoffs, not the play-in. The Knicks are doing extremely well. His impact has been phenomenal especially with his passing. He's averaging 6 assists, 10 rebounds, and 24 points, all 46% shooting from the field and 80% from the free throw line. Shout out to the Knicks and the New York Knicks fans. I know that they have been struggling for these years, but guess what? They're in it now, and I bet that they are extremely happy, and they're going to continue to grow, and guess what? It's going to be more in the future, more playoff runs in the future. So be excited, and let's just see what happens. I'm expecting for them to get past the first round and to be able to give the second-round team a scare. But at the end of the day, Julius Randle definitely deserves to be on an All-NBA team. And if he's not there, then the whole All-NBA list Should be destroyed. So shout out to the Knicks. And the New York Knicks fans. And that's it for the MVP discussion. Next we're going to move on to. Are the Suns contenders or pretenders? Now let's get into this segment. Are the Suns contenders or pretenders? To me, I'm not so sure. If they can get out of the second round, that will tell me everything I need to know. And hopefully it's not a grueling seven-game series in in the second round. Because they will definitely be out in five games in the conference finals. Whoever they match up with. This team has Chris Paul on it who has only won seven series throughout his entire career, which isn't good, especially when it comes to people who consider him, quote, unquote, the point god. But the question is, what has he achieved to be able to be given this status that he does not extremely deserve? I can understand if you won a championship or championships or even gone to multiple conference finals, but he hasn't. He is a great player, a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer, but come playoff time, is he even better than Chauncey Billups? No. Is he even better than Tony Parker? No. So again, I ask you, are they contenders or pretenders? We will see. And then on top of that, you have a whole lot of young players on this team. Now, Chris Paul, he does not really do so well with veteran players. He's been doing great with young players. Now we're going to see Devin Booker be game-planned that. They're going to know which spots that he's going to take shots at, things like that. Will he be able to be comfortable on a double team? I don't know. We'll see. We have DeAndre Ayton, who is very young. This is his first playoffs that he's ever been in. And we're going to see how comfortable this team will be. Can Chris Paul weather the storm of leadership and bring them to a conference finals where this team is projected to go or should be in? Why not them? Why can't they be there? Will it be because of Chris Paul? Or will it be because of them not being ready? We will see. But right now, I just need to see if they can get past the second round. And they have two great mid-range shooters. That being in Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Two great mid-range shooters. And guess what? The mid-range has never really died, never died. In 2015, you had Stephen Curry, who could take a mid-range shot and make it. You had Harrison Barnes. They won a the championship. In 2016, you had Kyrie Irving and LeBron James. In 2017 and 18, you had Kevin Durant. and 2019, you had Kawhi Leonard. In 2020, you had Anthony Davis. So guess what? Now they have Chris Paul and Devin Booker, who are both elite at doing that. And they can both alternate between hitting the three and making the two. So we're going to see the impact of this team. And guess what? We're definitely going to see if they are contenders or pretenders. And that's it on my perspective on the Suns. Next, we're going to move on to my point of view on the playing game tournament. Now, let's get into it. But first, here is a commercial break. Now let's get into my perspective on the playing game tournament. I think it's going to be exciting because you have no clue who's going to come out of it. It keeps teams from tanking. It's a very nice March Madness level setup. I think it will spark some electricity for this season just in terms of the pandemonium for what we might see. Especially because of the pandemic in a shortened season. However, I don't think it should last long term because it just doesn't give teams who come out of it enough time to prepare for the playoffs because they might need the game plan for the next team and plus they have no clue which team are they going to get coming out of it. And also, players, they need to settle in from their injuries that they could have gotten from the regular season. But yet they're playing in the playing game. And that's not really fair. It's better for them to have the one through eight. And plus, you never know which major star could be bounced out of it. Because they could have had an injury riddle season, or the team did. And the least that they could do is make the one through eight. Which isn't fair to the people who are fans of the sport. That's not good long term for generating dollars in the playoffs. And that's my point of view on the play in game tournament. Now let's move on to my thoughts on the Nets. Now let's get into my perspective on the Nets if they don't get into the finals? How does everybody's legacy look? And will they even get there this season? I think that everybody's legacy on this team would look terrible. Especially this season where expectations are extremely high for this team. But to me, I think this team is overrated. They've only played seven games together pertaining to the core, that being James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. You have Kevin Durant, who is injury-prone on a high level this season. You have James Harden, who is extremely nice in the regular season, but come playoff time, he's not really trusted. And then you have... Kyrie Irving, who has been on and off this season. He plays well when he plays. But guess what? He plays whenever he wants to play. And that's not good for chemistry. And the real question is, is will Kevin Durant be able to take over as a leader? Can he do it without Stephen Curry? Can James Harden become a better playoff performer now that he's playing with two superstars or one borderline and one superstar? And can Kyrie Irving do it without LeBron? We don't know. But I will tell you this. I don't see them getting to the finals this year. I don't. I see the Bucs being able to get to the finals this year. That was my prediction earlier before the season started. And guess what? I think that they're in great shape to get there. They're not after the wins in the regular season. Right now, Giannis, is even more motivated than ever. They have Drew Holiday, who can offset Giannis and be able to play make as well. And he's a great defender. And then on top of that, they have P.J. Tunker who's a great spot up shooter from the corner three hitting shots. And then on top of that, he's great on defense as well. And they could put anybody on KD. And plus then on top of that, they have a great bench. And they have a very good mentality this season. They have very good chemistry. So This is what I think about the Nets. Do I see them get into the finals? No, especially not this season. And I don't care about how good they are offensively. They're not good defensively. And you need that in the playoffs. Teams like the Sixers, the Heat, the Bucks, they're all going to be able to take advantage of them being terrible defensively. And plus, yes they're good in the regular season offensively, but when teams are able to game plan for them, I think it'll be easy. And I'm also questioning Dan Tony's system. I just don't see it being able to take them over the top. And that's my perspective on the Nets. Next we're going to move on to can the Knicks get to the finals? In the next three to five years. Now let's get into the final segment. Can the Knicks get to the finals in the next three to five years? As of right now, I'm not so sure. I think that this team has been playing great. I could definitely see them get into the playoffs for the next three to five years in a row. It's very possible. But to me, expectations will definitely grow onto New York and the media. And to me, I think they're just a piece or two away from getting there. The real question is, is can they get somebody through free agency or through the draft? That's generational talent. I don't know it's possible, but the Knicks, they're definitely on the horizon. And the real question is, is these teams that are in the Eastern Conference, which makes it even tougher, is can the Knicks grow through the playoff experience and also the talent that's within the Eastern Conference? Will they be able to mature and be able to play up to their expectations? We're going to see what happens next. But as of right now, the Knicks are doing great. And when the Knicks are doing great, the NBA is doing great. To me, I think that this Knicks team beats the 2013 Knicks team because of their mentality Their hustle and their drive, that coming from Julius Randle and Tom Thibodeau establishing his alpha mentality on the team. But like I said, they're just a piece or two away. You never know. So that's it on my perspective on the Knicks. Thanks for listening to the podcast. It feels good to be back. I know I went on a hiatus, but I'm back now. I will be dropping more content more frequently. Don't forget to follow the podcast account called Miles Ahead Pod. That's M-I-L-E-S Ahead Pod. And remember, let's not be inches, feet, meters, nor yards Let's be miles ahead.